I'm Dwayne Brummett. He's Ali Albarigo, and this is the School Owner Talk Podcast. We're back. Dwayne Brummett here with Ali Albarigo, schoolownertalk.com. Ali, great to be with you, sir. Great to be with you too, Dwayne. It's funny, you're like one of the few people actually pronounce my name correctly. Like everyone, oh, really? even good friends, they say it wrong. So it's I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. I look knowing how to pronounce somebody's name correctly and spelling it, especially when you're messaging them. Uh, yeah. Two well, really important things, I believe. You, you kind of saying that because I make mistakes on your name all the time. Well, not it's not just you. Um, no. it, it's it's everybody makes mistakes on my yeah. name. Yeah, when I type it though, sometimes it's just quick boom, and then I'm like, I go back. I mean, half of my text messages and posts when I go back, like an hour or two later, I'm like, what? What was that? people would think that I was drinking? Maybe when I made the post, um, just say, things that sound totally logical in my mind at that moment or sound clear, and then I reread it, and I'm like, this made absolutely no sense. Yeah, no, I hear you. I even that whole text to speech thing. Yeah, oh, um, yeah. I, I one time, oh my gosh, I was so embarrassed. Um, somebody was asking about our our uh, our program, and it was through Facebook Messenger. And she, I said, "What age are your kids uh, or your child?" And she said, um, "I think she either said five or six. And so I text messaged back because she was asking the day and times. And I said, well, our five and six year old program is on this day at this time or this day at this time. And, and then I hit, and I said, which time would work best for you? Uh, and then I hit send and then I saw it and I go, Oh crap. And I didn't know at the time that, you know, I mean, maybe this wasn't even available that you could actually delete, right. You know, unsend or whatever, but sometimes that doesn't matter because it still goes through and they see yeah. it. Yeah. But text to speech said, uh, our five and sexual class is wow. Oh, I know everybody knows though. It's so funny. Like, you know, I, I see those funny videos or, or Instagram posts where some guy says something really, really like sexual to this new girl that he's dating. And then if she responds negatively and says, how dare you say that? He goes, Oh my God, that was not meant to say that it was supposed to be. And then, it was text to speak, you know, that, that kind of thing. So he, he they, they write it off that way. So today's a, a, an exciting thing today, right? Like we have some really great stuff, some, some topics. What you want to introduce it or. Yeah. Uh, basically the topic is passion, purpose, um, or complacency. And yeah. the whole premise, I think for me behind this topic is you and I were, were chatting about, you know, building our business when we first built yeah. our business and the fact that, you know, we were, we were really, um, very passionate and we had a purpose in getting to where we wanted to go with our business. And mm-hmm. I think that the whole concept that, uh, an object in motion stays in motion, right. That yeah. that law and an object at rest tends to stay at rest. It's so important to understand in our businesses because there are times that we can, and we do, I don't know about you. Uh, I think I do, but I don't want to put words in your mouth that we've been complacent. We chose complacency yeah. over purpose and passion. Um, first, before we dive into any of those, you know, things, what is your initial thought with the whole topic of passion, you know, purpose, passion, and, and yeah, complacency? Well, well, just to give a little bit of uh, the listeners and watchers uh, are, you know, our followers that watch and listen to our podcast. Um, you and I quite often, we do a podcast every week. This is our 358th podcast. I think it is 358 or 59. And um, you know, so we'll, talk in the beginning of the week and go, Hey, what do you think is a good topic that's relevant that you want to speak about this week? And you and I will throw out some ideas and then we pick one that we think is the best. So we were kind of talking about different topic ideas. And this one came up because our conversation, you know, about, you know, how, how do we stay 
in the game and how do we stay relevant? And you came up with the title, right? Because, you know, you were like, you know, passion, you know, purpose, complacency, like, because we all fall in to those traps at some time or another. Well, what prompted the idea for me was I was having a conversation with my head instructor and we were talking about our storm team, which is our, our junior instructors, if you will. Those are the individuals that, that learn how to teach so that they can, you know, be employable. Right. And, uh, you know, his, his thought was, you know, it's hard. Like, like he was saying, it's difficult for him to utilize them in a way because he goes, you know, if I'm not teaching. So for instance, we've got another guy, he's, he's, um, really ready to, oh, well, he's ready to learn how to be the, the, the head instructor. Right. Right. And, uh, he is a paid instructor and he goes, he said, if I put him in charge, um, you know, what do I do? Right. He goes, because if I don't put him in charge and he makes those mistakes and I help correct them and guide him, then he's not going to become the instructor that we need or want him to become. But if I do, put him in charge and allow him run the classes. Uh, he goes, what do I do? Right. He goes, because I am the head instructor. I'm responsible for everything that happens. I'm going to have to, whatever is not done right. I'm going to have to correct, not only mm -hmm. correct the instructor, but I'm also going to have to correct any of the students that learn the material incorrectly or whatever it is. And I go, man, I can relate. I said, yeah. I, I totally can relate because I can remember when I started stepping back and giving you guys more control. Right. And I, I had to literally step off the floor. I, I couldn't be on the floor. I said, how many times did I step on your toes right. and, and want to engage? In fact, I did engage. And you weren't completely wrong. There was just aspects that needed right. to be fixed. I didn't go about it the right way. Hmm. Uh, I stepped on your toes. And then I found myself on the sidelines going, what am I here for? Yeah. Like my passion, my purpose was out on that floor. And that passion and purpose pulled me, not pushed me. And there's, there's a reason I say this. It pulled me to the destination that I wanted to go, where I wanted my school to be. Um, and he, he brought up the fact like, okay, but what am I supposed to do? And, yeah. and I go, man, that's a great question. That is a great question because yeah. I found myself in my business plenty times going, what is my passion now? Yeah. What is my purpose now? Mm -hmm. And even with that passion and purpose, sometimes moving to the next level, okay, I'd like to be at this many students instead of this many. I found myself when I reached that position I didn't do what we teach in our black belt success system. Right. Which is, you know, you all know that from Tom Callos, right? Where it's uh, know what you want, have a plan and a right. success coach, take consistent action. But yeah. here's the thing, review your progress and then renew your goals. Or right. in that case, what is the next thing that you're going to, what's your next purpose? What's your next passion right. that you're going to work towards, that you're going to utilize to pull yourself towards that right. goal? or that, that thing. And so that's where this was really born out of, okay, this is, this is a topic that I'm sure resonates with all of us at some point in our martial arts uh, career, where we get to a level, we get to the X goal, and then we find ourselves going, okay, whew, got there. Now I can take a break. The problem with being complacent though, and we can get into this, uh, but just as an overview, the problem is, again, object in motion stays in motion, tends to. An object at rest tends to stay at rest. And that at rest can be months or even worse, can be years. And what a detriment that is to your business. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you're saying. And I remember myself particularly going through that. I still go through it, actually. I noticed that at times I am... Um, out on the floor and I have three or four black belts and assistants out there with me. The minute I step on the floor, they become wallflowers. They disappear into the shadows. Um, they let me do my thing, so to speak, but they also don't step up and help me do my thing. So that's something that 
I'm working on teaching them more how to do that. But you're right, though. And, and it was hard for me. I, when I had multiple locations, you know, my job, my passion shifted to training other instructors and shifted towards helping others and making them the best teachers they could be. However, then I lost a lot of the fun that I used to love, which was the teaching. You know, that was what, and it's still to this day, I enjoy that the most out of anything. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, running the school and systemizing the school and all the business things, I enjoy that. But I enjoy most teaching. Like I, I like being out on the floor, giving away my thoughts and, and wisdom of what I've learned over the multiple years that I've been doing this. So it's a hard transition for many to just step away and just teach the teachers and then let them do their thing. And the most important, they will always have their interpretations of what it is, how they heard it, how they do it, what they like better. So having that issue of control, which I'm a control freak, I want it done my way. You know, I don't mind them injecting their own personality into it, but I don't want to change it because I say to my guy, look, we've been teaching this move this way for the last 30 years. Why are you changing it? You know, it works. It's always worked. It still works. Why do you got to put your own flair on it? Just that's why traditional martial artists keep things very pure and in nature. Right. So I'm the same way with the way I run my school. Like I'll give you an example. We do perfect attendance awards. Um, in my school, I share this with a lot of people. So if they attend, let's just say you through adult attend 12 classes a month, they'll get a, a little six inch trophy and a certificate. Once they've done that four times, they turn those four trophies in and they get a 12 inch trophy. And then they repeat the process until they have three big trophies. And then they turn everything in and they get a plaque. Um, however, what my guys have been doing with any of the older kids, 14 and on up to adult, they've just been giving them this certificate and they've played it down because in their mind, adults don't care about this stuff. So they're like, here's your perfect attendance. It was kind of like in a joking manner and then the people would grab it and la and they stopped giving out the trophies without asking my permission. And I, I said, what are you doing? They said, oh, well, we're just, no one wants them. And I, and I asked the class who would rather have a trophy. And everyone raised their hand and said, I would. And I said to my staff, like, this is why we do this. Because just because they're an adult and maybe you don't want it or you don't appreciate it or you don't like it doesn't mean that they don't. So I'm like, you don't change my system because you have a feeling you follow it to the letter of the law and you do it. So that's a hard part is when you start being the manager and you see this kind of, I don't want to say decline or degradation of your, of your systems and your values and your philosophies because other people have a different idea. Yeah. Well, and look, I think that there's uh, you as the owner may have a different passion mm -hmm. and a different purpose in your school than the other instructors do. Right. And I, the, the goal for us is to impart that purpose and passion, communicate that in such a way and raise up instructors that are on board with that purpose and passion in the first place. Right. Not that they're not going to veer off from time to time. Yeah. I'm not saying it's all your fault, but what I'm saying is this is a good lesson for all of us. Yeah to really be very um, good at communicating what our core values are, the mission at, at your mm. studio or missions yeah. right. at your studio. Um, which then I think really the, the, and we've had this before where we've talked about this is the, that that's where, you know, being, being very good at communicating those things and imparting those things throughout everything inside of your school makes yeah. everything's run so much better when communication is yeah. uh, very, very clear. So with that being said, clear is kind. Yeah, you've said that. I have that written down right here on my desk. Yeah, being very clear is is, is kind. Um, and I don't know about you. Uh, I, I remember and I, I remember going, man, I want 100 students, mm -hmm. right? Because I just wanted 100 students. And, and it's okay to just want what you want, by the way. You don't have to justify it. Yeah. I mean, I, I knew that there was a financial increase, potentially, right, uh, with having 100 students over 50. And then the same thing. Well, I want 150 students. Now I want right. 200 students. Now I want 250 students. 
Um, but th then the question becomes, okay, when we're getting close to that, what's the next goal? What, you know, after you review that progress, you need to renew that goal that so that that passion and purpose doesn't die out so that you don't get complacent because if you allow that complacency, which I have, uh, seep in, then it, it is, you, you read the, the book by Jim Collins, good to great, right? Yeah. Where he talks about the flywheel. Mm -hmm. And I kind of liken that when he was talking about that to, uh, Bob Barker's prices rights wheel. Right. And you watch them and they have to grab that wheel. And it is so hard in the beginning to get that wheel to move. But if you were to expend all that energy to get that wheel to move and then periodically just kind of hit it and keep hitting that, that wheel to keep the momentum, then you're not complacent. It's just a lot easier to keep it moving than to right. let it stop moving and then right. have to start the whole thing again. Now, I don't know about you, COVID not to blame COVID, uh, but COVID did a number on the opportunities for instructors mm -hmm. at our school. Um, we did lose some instructors over COVID, didn't hire them back. Um, we also lost storm team members that were learning how to be the next instructors. Right. That eventually they left. So there's a, there, there's a hole. I've got like a whole year and a half-ish type hole that I'm, you know, looking at, wow, we, we, we really don't have the bench strength that we had before. Right. Where, where we, we had that, you know, bench strength before. Yeah. And so, you know, we're at a, it wasn't because of complacency that we didn't have bench strength. Right. But, you know, it was, it was uh, with the man-made virus, whatever, I don't know. But it right. was because of that situation that we, you know, have that hole. But you very well could have that hole being complacent going, okay, yeah, I got all the staff members I need and then not continue to build new staff members. So I reach that level and then you start to go, well, I don't have to continue, you know, building. Yeah. You know, you know, it's interesting though. Like when it's funny, we just went out to breakfast, like I do every Wednesday. Right. And we were talking about COVID. We mentioned, you know, how we lost so many people that were high ranks, like, you know, people right before their black belt, or like you said, leadership team or storm team members. And then they just literally disappeared, like never to be seen again. And I thought it was a very strange thing. And we also talked about how I think like during COVID, I'm, I'm not being a conspiracy theorist or anything. It's just a thought that there was like a big mind wipe like I, I had kids that were out of my dojo for, let's say, nine months, 10 months. They hadn't been in the, physically in the dojo, but they still kept training on on Zoom and they had forgotten. Like and they were with me three, four years in my dojo. When they came back, they literally forgot like how to bow, where to go, where did they put their shoes, where the bathrooms were, like almost as if their brain had been wiped clean. Um, of, of things. I, I don't know. I guess it's just like any, someone said on Facebook the other day, like who knows why people fear change so much. And I, I gave an analogy that I thought of recently. It's like when you're on a boat and the boat waves are just kind of coming in and out and you're kind of unstable, right? Um, some people from that, that wave movement, the motion, they get motion sickness and they have to take Dramamine or, or they get, get nauseous, right? You do as well. Yep. And, um, but once you get used to it and your body starts to stabilize, it gets used to that movement, right? When you get on dry land, you actually feel the movement still for quite some time. Like when I would fly to Japan and be on a plane for 18 hours, when I got to my room in my apartment, I could feel the movement of the plane still. I used to think it was Japan, like the Japan moved, but it was my the plane, right? So what I said was people don't like to be on unstable ground. So they don't like change because that brings them on unstable ground, whether it's good change or bad change, it's any change. And they're feeling this uneasiness, right? So that's where it's a big, big problem um, for people when change occurs and they fight it because they just don't want to deal with it. And I, I think that's a great analogy when it comes to people resisting change. Right. And, and I think that happens in our business as well. Like when, you know, and that's what COVID, COVID was change. It was oh, a yeah. whole new paradigm, right? Like it really changed everything.
No, it certainly does. It certainly did. Yeah. Um, and look, your passion and, and, and your, and your purpose may change and right. it's okay if it changes. I yeah. know that when I first began, um, I mean, my underlying passion and purpose has always been there, but there's different levels of those passions and purposes mm -hmm. that, that change, you know, my first passion and, and purpose was the fact that, you know, I, I, I really wanted to be able to have my, you know, allow my Christianity to shine and martial arts simultaneously. Right. From there, it was, man, now I want to develop these kids. And I, I always had uh, primarily kids. We still do today. Yeah. I want to develop these kids to become, you know, these rock star human beings mm. in their life and have uh, influence and purpose uh, on them, help them find whatever they're passionate about and what their purpose is as well. And then when I started developing staff members, it was like, wow, I really want them to be able to, you know, especially if they want to help other people by teaching martial arts, I want them to, to feel the, the things that I felt, you know, when I saw a kid get it and yeah. when I had, you know, somebody be able to actually break the board or overcome this challenge or stand up in front of the class and do a speech, like what that for like, okay. So did, did, did the kid themselves, become something even bigger when they did that. Yeah. But for me, it was like, wow, that was so cool. Like I get jazzed out of that. Right. Yes. And so my purpose and passion had to start to switch and change where it was from, okay, student to now uh, potential instructor to instructor, now head instructor. You know, I've got that second location that we're looking for a place to open yeah. uh, and, and it's going to be really now focusing on on him and growing him into, you know, a studio owner as yeah. opposed to just a karate teacher. So my passion has switched or, or changed or leveled up, if you will. Um, but it's not like dramatically different. It's just right. shown or appears in, in a different format now. Yeah. And, and also too, you know, you pile years of experience on top of, you know, what you started off with when it was just pure passion. And then you kind of layer that passion uh, or, or put on top of skim coat, the top of it, you know, problems and issues that you deal with frustrations running a business, dealing with families, yada, yada, yada. And that kind of goes and builds little layers of resentment on top of running the school. So it kind of, you know, it gets rid of or lowers your passion a little. So that's a big thing that I think instructors go through as well, is that that's where complacency comes in, right? Where um, I think we become complacent for a few reasons, right? But we, we start to become complacent because we've been doing the same thing over and over again, day in and day out, we start to be complacent. Um, but there are also those things where we deal with frustrations mm -hmm. and, you know, like we sat at breakfast, there's seven of us and we all have a different story this week about how some parent did something ridiculous. Like, you know, I had a, a parent who was mad at us because uh, we had a little warrior test, two to four year olds. And we had a group of kids come in, and uh, my one guy took out this one new kid who's very hard to handle and put him in a separate room with an instructor and did a one-on-one. -on -one. Now, you would think that that would be really good, um, except the kid felt like he was ostracized and he was crying that he couldn't be with his friends. Right. And then the parents saw that and they were annoyed at me. Um, I didn't do it. My instructor did it. That was his call because he wanted to have a good test and a good class for the majority. But I, I had to deal with it. And I have a meeting tonight. I'm going to have to deal with more of just explaining why we did it and not to be upset. It's not going to happen often. So those things that we go through also build up this uh, lack, lack of tolerance for situations, right? And we start to become hardened in a way, right? I, I mean, I don't know. Does, do you feel that way too sometimes? You're like, I can't believe this idiot. You know, like I used to say, and I'm being mean and, and facetious, but I... Uh, you know, I would say like, oh, these parents these days are just so stupid. Like when maybe it was just one parent that acted improperly, you know, improperly. So do you feel that way sometimes like that that lowers your 
your passion? I've gone through waves. So yeah, yeah, at times it has, at other times, you know, um, it hasn't. And I I think, well, one, and we talked a little bit about this uh, two or three podcasts ago, we talked about that book, Crucial Conversations, which would help somebody in that situation by reading that Mm book. But, you know, I, I always say, especially at the beginning of a black belt test is, hey, look, parents, your kid's going to break down. They're going to cry. They're going to be exhausted. They may want to quit. Um, this, this, And it's going to be hard for you as a parent to sit there and watch that. Right. And if it is really that hard, then I would just ask you to go ahead and just walk out, right. catch your breath, come back in if you right. want to. Right. Um, because what better place for your kid to learn how to learn, you know, learn how to do those things in, in an atmosphere where they've developed a relationship with their instructors over the last four, uh, you know, four years. Right. And people that actually love and care about them and they're going to walk through this with them, but they're going to have to, they're going to have to do it on their own. Yeah. Physically, mentally, emotionally, they're going to have to do it on their own, even though we're going to encourage them. Yeah. They're they're still going to have to do it on their own. And it's amazing how many parents, after I communicate that to, even though uh, they don't like it, they abide by it. Yeah, you know, one thing in their defense, I have to say, like, we live in a very litigious, confrontational, um, you know, society where we are, you know, it's myself and my daughter, and then there's the teacher. And if the teacher doesn't do well by my daughter, I'm mad at the teacher or the school or the people. And um, when I say doesn't do well by my daughter, maybe is not equipped to teach my daughter in because my daughter might have a certain learning ability, uh, not disability, but like they learn in a specific way. Sure. So, but I've found that when I am able to make the parents understand that we're a team, it's not my team and you, it's us and parents and the kid and us together as a team. Uh, our goal, people don't realize it, is to make their kids the best. Like, who who wouldn't love having someone who shows that much personal interest in their child or even in their family dynamic because you're helping that kid be a better kid? Parents are like, he's not listening at home. Okay, I'll have a talk with so-and-so. Like, our goal is to make them better, like you said before, better humans so that they could function in society at a high level. And uh, who would not love that? Like you very rarely, maybe coaches on sports teams sometimes feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and they help their kids and mentor them outside uh, the, the the sport a little, you know, give them mentorship, uh, have a role model. But, um, but parents sometimes feel confrontational. Like it's them and their kid and we're on the outside. We did something wrong. We didn't handle it correctly. We taught them a lesson the way they normally wouldn't have taught and they get upset with us. So that's a big frustration in, in, I think in teaching in general. Well, you know what I use? Uh, and I learned this from my wife because we were fighting one time and in the middle of the fight, she said, you know, you, you do realize that I'm not your enemy. Right. And just her saying that was like, you know, like, yeah. I, like mentally I did a stop. Like, yeah, you're not my enemy. What in right. the world? Uh, why am I arguing with you? Let's, yeah. let's talk about it. Let's discuss it. Let, you know, but, and, and so I, I actually utilize that. Yeah. If I have to, with a parent, you do realize that I'm not your enemy. That would be a great way to start a confrontation. Like in Crucial Conversations, the book, quite often they, they ask you to fall on common ground. So the common ground is you and your wife are in disagreement, but you're, you're on common ground. You love each other. Like, by the way, you could be fighting with her full blast and some guy could come up and try to push her and attack her. Immediately you would turn and defender. That's why cops have a hard time with domestic disputes because a, a husband or wife could be beating their spouse to death. And then the cop steps in and stops it. And the person will turn and, and together they'll attack the police officer. It's because they don't realize. So I love your comment. Imagine starting every confrontation with you. I want you to realize when we, before we get started that we're on the same team and we have the same goals, right? That would, 
diffuse a good majority of all the problems. And I kind of did that recently with a parent using skills out of that book, Crucial Conversations. But what, what a great lesson that was. Yeah. And so really with regards to your passion and your purpose for your school, I don't think that any, I, I don't even want to say successful, for, but for lack of a better term, any successful, and, and you guys can all define success to whatever you want to define it as. Right. I don't mean 300 students, but any successful martial arts school owner has a passion, has a purpose. I would just say, keep that passion and purpose in front of you. Once you reach that goal of whatever that passion and purpose is, review the progress, um, like we talk about in the Black Belt Success System, and renew those goals to get you to the next level where you want to go. Now, when I say review your progress, what I'm specifically talking about is you looking back from where you started mm -hmm. and everything that you have accomplished or gained in that time frame to where you're at now. So if you started at point A and now you're at uh, L, you can look back at all the other letters right. and go, yeah, wow, I did. I, I, I accomplished B, I accomplished C and D mm. and boy, I really grew at E. And so when I say review your progress, I, I really mean look back at the gains because here's the thing, in order to keep yourself moving, I, I believe, in order to keep yourself moving with purpose and passion, it's not looking to, you, you, you've looked at the horizon before, right? Yeah. You look at the horizon, you get in your car, you start driving, right? Do you ever reach the horizon? No. No, you never reach the horizon. Now, is it is it a good navigator? Sure, you know, but it, it you never reach the horizon. And that's where I think sometimes with our purpose and passion, what we do is we look at the goal that's ahead of us, that horizon, and we sometimes even just get defeated and discouraged because we keep looking forward at yeah. our goal. And when you do that, when obstacles hit, you know, sometimes it's hard to get past those or you go, man, it's just so far down the road. I'm never going to get there. Yeah. True success and true motivation, I really believe, is looking backwards, reviewing your progress, going, wow, I accomplished this. Boy, I did get through that. Man, I and and I can remember in COVID, number one, going, I was looking back at things that have happened at the studio up until that point. Yeah. And I had to come to the conclusion that if God wanted me to be closed, any of the it's two of them stick out primarily in my life yeah. that I can remember. I, I would have been closed. Yeah. And I and I I I won't speak about them on air. Um mm. just because, you know, um they're bad. Right. Uh, I had nothing to do with either one of them, but they were, they, both of them, uh, were linked to my school. Right. And so like, I had to really look back at the progress that I like, man, I went through this and, and yeah. we survived. I went through that and we survived. I mean, there's right. small other ones too. So I knew, and you help keep me sane too. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was freaking out for the first couple of weeks easily. Well, we both helped each other there, but I knew that. Uh, I, 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 if I've made it through these things, I can make it through this. Right. And so when you guys are looking at your purpose and your passion, when, you know, again, going back to the black belt success system, reviewing that progress means looking back at the things that you've already accomplished, because yeah. by doing that, you, you gain a lot of confidence in yourself. Right. Number one going, wow. I thought that that was kind of trivial, but now when I look back at that, that was, that was pretty much, that was a good accomplishment. Yeah. Um, two, when you gain that confidence or by going through those things, you also gain, gain more competency. Yeah. Now you are more competent in that area and you mm -hmm. know how to handle that even more, which then gives you more confidence for your future. Right. And so, um, in your purpose and passion, in as much as it's a driving force to where you want to go, and, and again, it might change at once you get to where you wanted to go, um, 
it is important to look back. And that whole concept that I just spoke about, about looking back at, yeah. at your gains is from Dan Sullivan's book, The Gap in the Gain. Because he specifically talks about that, where people are always looking at the horizon, looking forward. And that's why they get defeated so often is because they keep going, man, I'm just not getting any closer. I'm not getting any right. closer. Right. You know, I even do that with my weight loss clients. I go, okay, so, you know, what? It, we're, again, this is the funny part. These are my weight loss clients, right? Yeah. I ask them, what, what were your gains this week? <laughs> After explaining them about the gap in the gain, right. the gain is looking back. What did you gain? What are the victories? And the gap is the gap between where you are now and where you want to be. We don't focus on the gap. Hmm. We focus on the gains. When we plan the gap out, like I have a lady, she wants to lose 55 pounds by April 1st, actually March 31st, because then she wants to start training for a, a, a 10K. So we broke it down just like you do. Okay, we want to lose 55 pounds. We have this many weeks. We know that we've got to lose uh, uh, 2.964 pounds each week. I go, is that doable? She looked at me and she goes, oh my gosh, yes, that's doable. I said, okay. Awesome. You know, so we, we, we have the, the gap measured out, right? What we have to lose every single week, but we look back at the gains and I'll say, okay, what did you gain this week, this past week? Oh, well, you know, I, I, I did eat my six small meals and, and I did drink all my water and I got my walks in or whatever it is like, you know, uh, or we went to this party and there was cake there. And I looked at it and go, no, nah, my goals are bigger than that cake. Hmm. Awesome. And I'm like, the, I go, those aren't trivial things, especially when you've got a goal to lose weight. That's not trivial. Right. Looking back at that, that, that is a, what we call a non-scale victory. I mean, maybe right. it's not a victory on the scale, but it's a victory in creating the correct habits. Yeah. And so I say all that to talk about, again, reviewing your progress and then renewing your goals. When you review your progress, don't forget to go look back at, yeah. at, at the gains that you have uh, uh, made the competencies that you've created, the courage that you now have to move forward to the next goal that is going to drive your passion and purpose. Yeah. I like what you said though. And I, I, I'm thinking of an article, uh, interview I just saw with Lou Ferrigno and, you know, he always says that, you know, necessarily losing weight, losing weight is not necessarily losing weight on the scale. He said that, you know, for years he would train and diet and his weight would go up but his belt side would go down by three or four notches. Right. So he said, it really is. And when you say the, the word gains and you kind of talk about that, sometimes my mind goes to like gaining weight, but a gain is not necessarily gaining weight. It's gaining knowledge and experience and willpower and so on. I want to tell you about a like a little spin on what you had just said it, about all this positive motivational, um, you know, stuff about passion, I want to also comment to a lot of the people because we're getting great comments here, great conversations, good stuff. You know, people like what we're talking about. Quite often when we talk about topics like this, it's not a system or how to get more students or how to do this. But these are the things that keep people alive and keep them going for a long people, a long period of time in the martial arts. But I also wanted to mention not to let people take away your passion. I think that quite often I've been doing this for 32 years this year, going on 32 or going on 33. I started in 91. Um, and uh, I remember there were periods of time, like probably within the last seven years that I had a group of people who were involved with my demo team and they were parents and they were clicky. Um, it was really bad. Like it developed a really bad click in my school where even my daughter who was on the demo team would not be invited to demo team parties where they would get together and they wouldn't invite my daughter because my daughter is a product of myself and they wanted to bash me, talk negatively, have bad things to say. So my daughter couldn't be there because she'd come back and tell me and they wouldn't invite the people that I that I was close with because they would have shut them down. So it became this really bad click. So I got to a point in my in my career where I was like, I didn't want to be at my dojo anymore. Like there was a point, and I think even maybe you and I have had conversations about this where I was like, Dwayne, maybe I'll just sell everything. Like I have a lot of real estate. I'll sell my buildings and close my schools or sell my schools and liquidate all my equipment and get out of it because I just don't like it anymore. And I got to a point where 
um, my passion had been like a candle put out because people were that I was surrounded by. I allowed them to get to a point of power or um, they got away with things because I was just not looking to fight and argue. And they started to make things really bad, like where my main instructor, Ryan, who is still with me, and I, we would be ready to go, roaring and ready to go. Like, wow, this is going to be a great day. And this group of people would walk through the door and you, both of our faces would drop and our attitudes would go away and our passion would dissolve. Um, so I, I want to, to make sure that people, if you have negativity in your school and you have people that are um, not happy with what you do, suggest to them or get rid of them, but like say to them, listen, either we get on the same page or you're going to have to leave. Cause you have a great saying um, and you say it all the time. It's like, this is dojo is your happy place. This is and, my happy house. Yeah. It's your happy house. And right? if you're and, not happy, I'm not the one that's leaving. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And um, that, but that's hard though. Right. Like I have a, a friend who's a client right now who's having an issue with a parent. And the parent has two kids in the program and they're really, they really don't like him as an instructor. So they go to only the other instructors when they're teaching, even though it's his school, they don't train with him. They don't like him. But I, for the last week and a half, he's been in turmoil. He's got anxiety over it. He's having nightmares about it. His stomach is upset because he's having to deal with it. And he has a meeting coming up with these people and he's just like, you know, he doesn't want to do it deal with this meeting. He doesn't deal with confrontation. Well, I deal with confrontation very well. However, I don't enjoy it, but I'll, I'll suck it up and I'll go and say, Hey, let's have this conversation. Um, and then try to use skills to repair the damage. But, uh, I get where he's at. So do you have any thoughts on that? Like, you know, people. Yeah. Well, I mean, the question is, you know, if that was, if that was cancer in your body that was making you feel that bad, and all you had to do was cut it out. Like right. you didn't even need any other treatment, but the fact that if it was just removed from your being, yeah, would you do it? Right. And the answer every single time would be what? Yes, of course. Okay. So it's this, it's the exact same thing. It just happens to be a human being or right. human beings. And you're right. It is difficult. Um, but I think the conversation is absolutely necessary. Yeah. Um, and he needs to go, I believe he needs to go into that with the mindset of, you know, I, I, I would love for you guys to stay. This is how we're going to do it. And if you're not willing to do it, that's okay. We will just cancel everything today. Right. And no harm, no harm, no foul. We'll just, we'll just part ways. Yeah. And that's it. Um, and, and the reason is I, I think so many, I did this, right. So many times I allowed my, those, those parents and even students to the, be the, to be the buyer of my program. Right. No longer do I let people be the buyer of my program. I'm the buyer of them. Right. And there's a different mindset with that. But I had to get beaten up. I had to get talked to. I had to get stepped on. I had to get talked about. I had to like so many things that we've all gone through as martial artists that right. going back to what the, our topic is that have helped to destroy or, or, or pause or whatever our passion and our purpose at that mm -hmm. time. But going through all of those things allowed me to maybe get more callous, like you said, but really start to build boundaries that I'm willing to do and, and put up with and boundaries that I'm not willing to do and I'm not willing to put up with. And learning, uh, that's another uh, Dan Sullivan concept is being the buyer. Yeah, that's a great thing. I, I guess when I hear that, I, there is a side of me that, you know, is the half empty cup, right? When I hear, because I, look, we all struggle to get people to come in and join, you know, and then we've had on um, my last podcast, we did our 100th anniversary, 100th episode anniversary with Gus. And um, we had guests come in and I was just listening to it in the car on the way here. And we had Herb Perez and Herb had said, you know, 
you don't come in and join my school. You come in and ask to join my school and we accept you if you're the right fit. But I think for many people, they're just struggling to get people in the door and to make and pay their bills and make a living that we end up accepting people that we shouldn't have. Like I, I recently have had a few parents and by the way, it's, I want to admit this is very painful and hard to do where I had a mom of three kids and you know, my tuition is 150 a month on our basic program. So it was like 450 a month. She said, would you work us a deal? I said, well, we do give off uh, a 20% discount on the third member. So it came to like, I went to like $400 per month. And she said, uh, which is like what, 4,800 for the year for all three, not including gear and all the other stuff. So she came back with, I'll give you 2,500. And I, I was like, I, I'm, I, at first I really didn't know what she meant. And then I asked her and she said, oh, I'll, I'll only pay you 2,500. And I said, well, that's just not going to work. But I thought to myself, like 2,500, you know, do I not take money? Like if someone offered me $2,500, would I take it? Um, but you have to think to yourself, are those the type of parents that you want in your school? Are those the type of people that are going to negotiate on everything? And then talk about the deal they got and the negotiation that they did yes. to the others and create this poison. So I had to send them away. I also had another mother. I talked about it a few weeks ago with you and I. And um, it was another mother who just said, I wanted, we have in our tuition at Purple Belt and above is 179 a month. Um, and, uh, she was like, well, I don't want to pay that. And I'm like, I'm confused. I don't know what you mean. Well, we'll we want to downgrade to the, to the other program. I go, but you can't downgrade your purple belt. You can't go backwards in time. Well, you know, we, and then she got nasty. We stuck with you through COVID. And when you did this and when you moved here and yada, yada, yada. I'm like, listen, I thought you would have said thank you for that because we gave your son a place to stay during COVID and things for him to do. And, um, but, you know, right away they turned on me, but I held my ground. Uh, unfortunately, you know, you, you lose that 180 bucks, right? And you, you, you know, you're like, wow, wouldn't I rather pay my cable bill or, or, but you got to say to yourself, like, don't, I don't want to tolerate that type of mentality. Yeah. And that goes back to, uh, we did a podcast, gosh, it was probably three years ago, uh, even on boundaries. Yeah. You know, um, and you could go to schoolandertalk.com and in the search bar, type in boundaries, and I'm sure it yeah. comes up. Um, Let me see if I we, can pull it up. Yeah, we do. Oh, a, we, yeah, I, 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 we did like social media boundaries, a whole bunch of different stuff. So you yeah. probably can find that podcast. But yes, that's one aspect of being, you know, uh, allowing. And I'm glad because, like, in the first part of your conversation, bringing those, those inc incidences up, you said, I allowed X, Y, and Z to happen, right? Right. And that's just it. As the school owner, whatever happens in those four walls, um, we allow to ha we allow hap to happen. It is our responsibility. Now, we may not have caused everything in there, but ultimately, everything that happens in those in those uh, four walls are our responsibility. Right. And the way that we craft and maneuver and explain on board, off board, whatever you want to call stuff, we've created those type of opportunities in our school. Mm -hmm. And and quite honestly, that so for me, if if that was happening frequently where I was having people try to negotiate price with me, right. I probably would put that in some sort of communication thing on an onboarding thing or whatever. Right. You know, right. like we we tell people in my onboarding video with regards to, you know, them joining that uh, we have a three strike rule for behavior. We have a three strike rule for bringing your materials to class mm. and we don't waver on those. And I even tell them in the video, unfortunately, there are some parents when we have to enforce these rules are not happy with us. Right. And if you're, and I just say, you know, and if you're going to be one of those parents, then this probably is not the right program for you. Yeah. Because life has consequences. We all have responsibilities. Yeah. And it is, whether we like it or not, we have, to, there, there's consequences for the actions that happen and we're going to follow said consequences. Yeah. Unfortunately, in modern society, consequences are not really as bad as they used to be. Like 
for example, when I grew up and I'm a little older, well, I'm a lot older than you, but uh, I, when I grew up, if you had someone look in your face and say something nasty enough, they were getting punched back in the face, right? It was just like, I was the type of kid, you couldn't say boo, and I was fighting. Like my mom was up at the school picking me up, not necessarily upset with me, but picking me up every other day because I was suspended. Um, I think I got suspended like 40 times one year for fighting and trouble. Not a good kid, by the way. I probably could have over, uh, you know, not not done a lot of the things. It wasn't always someone else's fault. I, you know, I just like flew off the handle. But um, but there are no consequences. Like, for example, people sign a contract now yeah. and all they need to do is call their credit card company and the credit card company. Like I had, get this. I had a family of two that trained with me, trained literally every day, trained for for a year. Right. Times two tuition. Right. So 300 plus bucks a month. Their contract ended. They left. About four months later, they started strategically charging back every single month that they use. Now I can almost see their justification if they didn't train and I still charge them. They're like, Hey, I didn't use it, but they used it up until the very last day. And I fought the credit card company tooth and nail. I showed them copies of their attendance records, their contract that they signed. You know what they did? Kept zipping the money out of my account until it was all gone. And they literally like the only thing I could do, and I probably would win quickly is sue them in small claims court. And then they probably wouldn't pay me anyway. And I'd get a judgment and then I'd have to wait around until they sold an asset for me to get my money. So it's like, I don't want to live that life. I used to do that. I'd spend like, you know, three or four times a year in court, you know, taking people to court just for principle wasn't even for money. It was like, you promised me, you swore to me. But nowadays people will just cancel their credit card. And then I, I would text them when they were happy and they were training, they'd be right away. Boom. They'd answer my text. Now I text them, no answer, email them, no answer phone calls. They don't answer. And uh, they just decide, Hey, well, we're not going to go anymore. So we we don't care. And the first line in my contract said, says basically this is a yearly membership. It's an asterisk and it says this is a yearly membership. Um, you cannot stop just because if your kid is bored or doesn't want to come, if you're busy, your response, and it literally a paragraph on what you have to do. First thing for them to read and they still go, I didn't know I was signing a, a yearly membership and I'm going like, but I told you that and you read it and you sign it, but cancel the credit card, no moral value whatsoever. And then they walk away. So this I'm bringing this up. I'm sure there are a lot of school owners that are listening. Um, this is sometimes what takes away our passion. We have to remind ourselves that they're one person out of all the people, you know, like, and all the people, like I got a card. Uh, actually, we send out good job cards. We just sent one out and one of the moms posted it on Facebook. And uh, she wrote like, this is why Long Island and Jitsu Centers is such a special school for our family. Um, Sensei Dylan, one of my black belts, wrote a card to my son, Johnny, and we got it in the mail. He was so excited. It's hanging on his wall. And she took a picture of it and posted it on social media. So like there, for every bad case, there are, um, you know, ton of good cases. I just want to point that out, but it is hard sometimes school owners to have that passion all the time and not lose it when you get beaten up enough. Yeah, no, it is. It is. So I, it's unfortunate. Uh, we, we have an emotional business. We're emotional yeah. beings, you know, we're trying to help people. And then, you know, one, we make a mistake and piss somebody off and it really was our fault. And we ask for forgiveness and they decide, well, I'm not going to forgive you. Right. Or we don't make a mistake, but they believe that we actually made the mistake and we try yeah. to work things out and it doesn't work out and, and they still don't like you uh, to even overcoming these things and them becoming a raving fan of yours in right. the end. I, I think, you know, having your and again, I don't want to go over boundaries, uh, but having those boundaries drawn and then really following those boundaries are going to help you inside of your uh, business so much, even yeah. if it is, I've got to push my, I know this is horrible to say, but even if I, I, I can't pay my, you know, uh, electric bill this month, I got to push it off to next month because of X, Y, and Z, you know right. what I mean? Um, yeah. I mean, if, if your electric bill is 400 bucks, I, I, you know, I don't know, go Uber for, 
the 400 bucks or whatever. Right, like, right, right, you know, right. don't lower your standards is what I'm, what I'm really trying to say. Yeah. And then with regards to, uh, you know, your passion and purpose, again, go back, look back at what everything that you've already accomplished. Right. And go, wow, I can't believe, like, don't just look back at it, like write it down. Yeah. Write down what you accomplished uh, over the last three months, mm-hmm. even. And then the last day. Right. And, and really celebrate that. I know it sounds trivial, but it really isn't. Um, and then, you know, you review that progress, renew your goals so that you do not get complacent. Been there, done that so many times, not just right. once. I've been right. complacent so many times that I can't tell you what that did to my business. My business would just drop every time that yeah. I became complacent. And then I had to really try to get that prices right wheel, that flywheel moving again. And yeah, it was yeah. harder it was harder the second, third, fourth, fifth time. And I have less uh, energy uh, in moving that wheel yeah. than I did when I was in, in my 20s. Not because I was 20 years old, but just because my I was ignorant back yeah. then. I mean, yeah, but you, you but you also had 20 year old energy like I, I don't yeah, I, I never realized this until I hit 50. I'm going to be 59 in a few months and. I get tired. Like my daughter, like, she's like, dad, you, I'm like, honey, I got to go to sleep. And she, she wakes up at like eight 50 to start her virtual job at nine. Meanwhile, I'm up at seven 30 and I'm like falling asleep on the couch. She's like, come on, dad, let's watch one more episode of whatever show we're watching. I'm like, honey, I'm exhausted. He's like, you're always exhausted. I go, I'm older than you. You're 24. You got so much energy. Like I, I get it. Like, you know, so, but at the same time though, in your defense, as we get older, we start having less energy. And as we pile on stuff on top of our plate, we have more things to think about. And that drains us as well. So, well, that's, that's why I was saying I was ignorant back then. I didn't know what I didn't know. And I didn't know to worry about some things. Right. right. And that's the other thing is like, OK, now I now I'm seasoned to a certain degree and I know the pitfalls when, when that, that's actually good. But, man, it was it was wonderful being ignorant on some things. I'm just yeah. saying. Well, isn't it always it obliviousness is, is, you know, bliss, right? Like, you know, if you don't know, like people are making fun of you behind your back, it doesn't bother you. But if you hear them saying it now, it bothers you, right? Being oblivious. If you could go through life with that type of oblivious mentality, um, by the way, you could train yourself to not let those things affect you. Well, you uh, should, but, you should be yeah. what uh, Grandmaster Hafner said to me years ago is just be immune to criticism, right? Well, that's why most celebrities don't read, you know, comments. I, I have a favorite band, Christian rock band, Striper, that I love to death. And um, he he just recently posted about his perception of the Republican debate. And people were like vicious when they're like, you're a musician, Michael. You should stick to music. Don't give us your political opinion. And, and he fired back at some of them. He said, listen, I'm a musician, but I'm also a person. I don't just eat, drink, sleep music 24 seven, you know, 365. I have other interests and I'm talking about it just like you would on Facebook, but people don't want to see that. They want you to just, and I understand he's the light for people's music to make them happy on bad days. They don't want to know. He also has a p- opinion, right? right. You know, so like they want it, they just want him to have a purpose. And I think sometimes for us, that's what we are just people. We're a purpose. You know, we have our own purpose, but our purpose is to make their kids smarter or better. Or if he was shy, take away his shyness. But the minute they don't need us anymore, they could easily disregard us. And I mean, how many people do you know that were staples in your school? They never missed a day. And then one day you never saw them again and you mm-hmm. never heard from them again. And they're gone. Like, you don't know, like, what happened to Johnny? I wonder if he got killed in a car accident because I just disappeared. I send text messages to the families, emails, not even a response. Like, thank you. Our time spent with you was amazing. It's like they just went away. Right. So it's it's a tough. I mean, I hope school owners really understand and this helps them because I think our topic is pretty powerful. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, it was on my mind and I thought it was quite relevant. I so. loved it. We should do more of these. I think these fall into the category of more spiritual and self-help and motivation versus systems. You can only do so many systems. So, but it was really good. I, I loved it. Awesome. All right. Well, I appreciate you, Allie. All right, dude. Me too. I'll see you soon, everybody. Thanks for listening. Right, Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Martial Arts School Owner Talk podcast. 
This would not be possible if it weren't for the support of our amazing sponsors. Please check out Elite Insights for all your website needs. They can be reached at EliteInsights.com. Add Health Coaching, helping school owners create a new and easy-to-implement revenue stream for your school. Visit AdHealthCoaching.com. Lead Hunter Media, your online digital marketer and content provider. Visit LeadHunterMedia.com. Academy Kings Growth Consulting and Management Group. They can be reached at AcademyKings.com. And Spark Membership, hands down the best martial arts software for school owner management on the planet. They can be reached at SparkMembership.com. We will see you next time.